Good morning. Uh, this service is going to be much different than what we usually do. And part of the reason, it's on, it was on our hearts and probably has been on most of yours. Well, first of all, we all need encouragement, but how much more the moms need encouragement. And so what we want to do this morning is encourage moms. So it's, a li- it's different than what we usually do. Usually we'd be going through a book of the Bible. We're in First Peter right now, talking about living hope. We'll continue that next week. But this morning, what we want to do is encourage the moms. In 31 plus years of ministry here at Calvary, uh, we have had stellar, gifted women who have been ministering along with all this else is going on. So I just am so thankful that we have a lot of very, very grounded women this morning. So as I look back, they, God's gifted them to us. So I want to say from my heart to you moms particularly, but to you women, thank you. We are very grateful to have you. Now, here's the deal. To, just to give you an idea of the heart of a mom, the scones, the flowers, the photo booth, the mochas, but all the labor behind that was mom's. Now, Father's Day, that's not going to happen. <laughs> we'll just come and we'll be fine. <laughs> but that's what's going on. Now, there are absolutely honorable mentions to the fathers because they watch the kids well. But these, these uh, moms have labored for hours to put together this time for you moms. And so, again, that's a shout-out to them. They baked 320 from scratch, get this, buttermilk, orange, chocolate chip scones. Should I say it again? <laughs> buttermilk, orange, chocolate chip scones. 320 of them. Yesterday, when they're, and they're packaging all of them with little tags, I mean, <laughs> I had one yesterday. <laughs> While they're working, I'm eating. But then this morning, I have to admit, I stole another one because <laughs> they're really good. Put together flowers, all that. So again, to the moms, Allie, Lori, Lindsay, Denise, Danielle, honorable mention, you know who you are, the husbands. I say, give them a little shout out. Just say, hey, thank you. So again, this is going to be different than we usually do, but I hope and pray as we have been that you as moms, and I would also say women, would be encouraged, would be encouraged this morning. So I wanted to begin just a short little devotional in a scripture that comes to my mind every time that I do a baby dedication, but it also applies this morning. They, then they brought, this is Mark chapter 10, then they brought little children to him, that is Jesus, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And here it is, verse 16. And he took them up, the children, in his arms, laid hands on them, and Mark tells us he prayed for them and blessed them. I want to just encourage you moms. Know this. As feeble as you might feel, as inadequate as you might feel many times, Your prayers are heard in heaven. And God hears the prayers of moms. I don't think there's any, you can't compare anything to the power of a praying mom. 
And I want to encourage you. The Bible says that when we groan many times, the Holy Spirit's interceding. And you've probably had a lot of groaning. But I believe that as you're doing, as a mom, you have a unique blessing from the Lord. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. He, he has gifted you as a mom uniquely. And I think most importantly that you be praying and pray. And knowing that God hears your prayers. There's no comparison to the perseverance of a mom in prayer. So that's my encouragement. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. That when we have attained mercy, find grace to help in time of need. You may not feel very bold. I'm, I'm, I want to encourage you. Stay at it in your prayers to God. Talk to God about your children. Talk to God about your grandchildren. Talk to God about your, the great And I, I believe that you do. So when you pray, here's the application. When you pray... Jesus touches them. When you pray, he puts his hands on your child's present and future. When you pray, Jesus knows their whereabouts. He can locate them immediately. He hears your prayers. He's working. So it's a difficult time. Our children are facing things beyond them. It's a burden on our hearts many times as we gather in prayer. But that's why God gave us moms, to pray. So my little devotional to start this morning out is God hears your prayers, God knows your heart, and those two combined are a powerful underpinning for what God's wanting to do and going to do in your children's lives. Charlotte and I have a couple wayward ourselves. It's a painful thing. It's difficult. And many times there's not, we don't know what's going on, but we pray. Charlotte is the prayer warrior for our children. So uh, this morning, before we get to uh, our little gathering here, I would like to what I call the great pause for the great applause. You say that? The great pause for the great applause. And here's how it's going to go. We have four moms that are coming up here this morning, but I want everyone that's not a mom to stand up. Now, every man should be standing. <laughs> now, here's what I want to do. You know, we go to, well, maybe some of you don't, but we go to football games, baseball games, whatever, and we let it loose. I'm saying these moms need to let us, let it, need to hear us let it loose. So would you applause, amens, whatever you want to do right now, just uh, let's, let's hear it. Go for it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Woo. More soul than I can control. Okay, you can be seated. So I call this Four Moms on Mother's Day because I've asked four moms if they would be willing to join me on stage this morning. With different degrees of nervousness, they all said yes in the initial ask, actually. A little, little hesitant, but they're going to do it. So I would ask if you would, just to give a warm welcome as these four moms and the mom of my children, Charlotte, come forward. Just thank them warmly. Let's...
Oh, yeah, the microphones. Okay, so let's all take a nap. <laughs> so I've asked if these would share a scripture that has been uh, strengthening to them as moms and then an encouragement that's on their hearts for the moms. So Charlotte and I met with these women uh, Tuesday night, had a fantastic time. It was almost two hours just talking together. So this morning, I don't, we, we have some things that we've sort of thought through and talked through, but I would like to continue what we had on Tuesday night, which was a very warm time of fellowship, sharing hearts. It was fantastic. So I hope that that just continues a little bit here, second service. By the way, it's round two, okay? So here we are. So um, uh, what I want to do is begin with Charlotte and ask, we'll we, we put the pictures up here. Here's our family. This has got to be about at least 10 years old. 10 years old because we have uh, two wayward sons on the left there, um, and we haven't seen them. We've, we've not been together for a long time. Yeah, so that's our family. But, I, but Charlotte's going to share what was on her heart for uh, this time. Okay. Um, hi. Like Kevin said, um, we're so very grateful for all of our moms. And uh, we also know that for many moms, Mother's Day is a very painful and difficult day. Um, moms who have had miscarriages, women who can't conceive, women who've given up babies for adoption, had abortions, or have children who will no longer communicate with them. Uh, we want you to know that God loves you. He understands, <laughs> sorry, that ache in your heart. And I want to pray for you right now. Dear Jesus, I pray for the hurting mommies that are with us this morning or watching online. I ask that you will soothe the ache in their hearts and surround them with your presence. Let them know they are loved by you. I ask that you will open their hearts to hear and receive from you the comfort and love that only you can give them. May they know for certain that they are loved by you, yes, Lord. the God of all comfort and love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. So I'm going to just introduce each one of you and then just uh, Emily Paul. She's married, has two kids. Uh, your kids' names are? My son is Willis, and my daughter is Maisie. And the way that uh, we have connected more is on the lines of leadership up here. And so uh, Emily has been overseeing the Mommies Group, which has been going how long now? I've been a part of it for six years, but um, I've been leading for the last two years. Yes, and so that's a group that gets together on Tuesdays? Tuesday mornings at 9.30. Yeah, and yeah. so it's for, for Mommies and their children. Yes, we have... Child care. So please come. Yeah. Okay. And that's here. Yes. Okay. And then Janelle, Greg, her husband is Christian. Three children whose names are? Reagan is the girl and she's Well, actually, 12. I think your oh, husband, yeah. Yeah. I have four children. Four children. Christian's the oldest. He's a little bit taller than me in this picture here. <laughs> um, Reagan is 12. Keaton is 10. And little Micah is eight. 
And so we know each other, well, we know each other from being here, but you're overseeing the Grassroots Apologetics, yeah. which is GAP. Yes, we have a Grassroots Apologetics for Parents chapter that meets here at Calvary Chapel South on Wednesdays. And that is a group that comes together to equip parents with an understanding of worldview and apologetics so that they can impart that to their children and prepare their children to engage in this world. And then we also, I, I was in a class that was keeping kids on your side, keeping yeah. kids on God's side. Keeping your kids on God's side was the first. Um, so GAP is a worldwide ministry that rolled out in 2018, so three years ago. And Calvary Chapel South was a pilot uh, chapter for that launch, that initial fall launch. And the first study we did was Natasha Crane's first book, Keeping Your Kids on God's Side, which if you don't have that in your library at home, it's a plug for that book. It's a wonderful resource. Okay, good. Kathy Ciccone is good a, was a single mom for a long time. She uh, is now over, over in, on Cyprus Island in the Mediterranean with FAI and doing counter, you have to tell me again, Counter-trafficking work. Right. So, your kids. My kids. Um, okay, from the left going right. You know, On their going. side? <laughs> oh. <laughs> from the right going left. <laughs> that right and left thing is always mm. challenging. Um, there's the girl with the long blonde hair. That is my daughter-in-law, Melissa. And next to her is my oldest son, Bill. The next girl with the long blonde hair is my daughter-in-law, Lindsay, um, and that's my son, CJ, behind her. And then the girl with the long brown hair is my daughter-in-law, um, Hillary, and my son, Joe. And then um, the next girl is my daughter, Alandrina, and her husband, um, uh, Dustin. 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 Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Dustin, are you here? Well, you're raising four boys. It's understandable how some things would sort of go, yeah. Oh, I used to do that to them, too. I'd look at them and go, you, you just come here. <laughs> <laughs> and Kathy Ward, we've uh, really gotten to know each other a lot through the prayer meetings. Her uh, married, how many years were you married? I was married 14 years. I'm talking to Kathy, the other Kathy. Oh. But that's okay. <laughs> I know, I didn't say Kathy. Oh, did I ask? What? I was married 15. Oh, how long were you a single mom? For close to two decades. Okay. So this is Kathy Ward, and we've gotten to know each other through the prayer meetings. She was married how many years? 59. 59 years. Her husband went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. Two. Two. Yeah. And yes. so your children. And, um, I have one that came into my marriage. It was a, a package deal. Hold that deal. up there, Kathy. Yeah. A package deal. And Bonnie's picture isn't up here because she wasn't there when that was taken. But Bonnie is 63. Carl, our oldest son, is 60. Well, he will be 60 in August. And Dale, our middle son, is 58. Bruce, our youngest son, is 56. And Tanya, our daughter, just turned 50. So I asked if, uh, if Kathy, well, all of them, not only her children, but her Great grand, her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren, which adds up to 34 names. Here we go. All right. The grandchildren are Larkin, Simon, Rhea, Christian, Ben, Jalisa, Drew, Nicole, Samantha, 
uh, Connie, Sydney, Marcus, Caitlin, Madison, Michaela, Kevin, Megan, Dylan, Jake, and Dawson. And the great-grandchildren are River, Royce, Wyatt, and Daisy, um, Carlton, Wade, Kai, Elijah, and Jordan, Alex, and Aiden, Reagan, Weston, and Colton. Now, are any names the same? Are any ages the same? No, names. They're all, they're all different names. They're all different. Let's give it up for the <laughs> 34. <laughs> Kathy, was I going to, did you do your grandchildren? Pardon? Were you going to do your grandchildren? Can I do my grandchildren? Yeah, can you do it? How many do you have? 15. 15. 15. Can you do 15? I can do 15. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> do you want me to do it all? Or? Yeah, go for okay. it. One, first name only. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Haley, Isaac, Katie, and Billy, um, Ellie, Ander, and Evie. Uh, let's see who's next. Um, Kate, Carter, and Chloe. And then my daughter's children are um, Sawyer, Parker, um, Charlie, uh, Georgia, and Jack. There it is. The heart of a mom. So uh, I've asked, again, a scripture. So Emily, would you, would you kick us off here just with your, the scripture that's meant, what, that's meant a lot to you, strengthen you as a mom? Okay, I chose um, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom, or as a ransom for many. And then 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, I chose these two verses. I just found them really encouraging, especially as a mom and just trying to follow after Jesus' example of a humble servant. And I really thought before I had kids, I thought that I was humble and that I was patient. And, um, and then I had kids and God had a lot of work to do in my heart. And he really used becoming a mom to sanctify me and um, just to teach me to follow after his example um, and to die to myself and kind of surrender those selfish desires. And um, I love being a mom. It's such a blessing, but it's um, all moms and parents out there know that it's a lot of work from the moment that your kids wake up to the moment that they go to bed. And even after that, you're constantly serving and cleaning and cooking and um, teaching and training, and it can be exhausting. And um, I think I just, um, you know, there were days when I just really was worn out and I felt like a failure and um, it wasn't what I thought it would be and I thought it'd be easier. And I just, um, I really got to a place where I was broken and I just needed, I needed the Lord to work on me in that area of my life. And at that place of brokenness, sorry, brokenness, um, that's when God showed me his grace and that it was sufficient for me and that, you know, through those failures and my struggles that he was really using those times in my life to shape me and to help me to depend on him for strength and to persevere on those hard days. And um, it has just humbled me just knowing I can't do it on my own, that that wasn't his design. He designed us to be in communion with him and to um, seek him and that he will help us as moms and as parents. Like we need to be depending on him. And through the power of prayer and um, spending time with 
our Father every day has just really helped to transform my life and my heart and my mind. And um, I try to make it a priority to get in the Word every morning, as hard as it is, because I'm not a morning person. I It really sets my day apart, those days when I spend time in the Word and I spend time in prayer. Um, just helps me to align my heart with his, and to, I ask him every day for that servant heart, and just to have love and compassion for my kids, and grace, just like he has for me, um, and he's modeled for us. I mean, he really is the greatest example of what a parent should be, and um, so I just, I really encourage, you know, other moms, and we'll get to this later, so I guess I won't get into it too much, but just to try to find joy in even the smallest acts of service, um, just knowing that we're bringing God glory, that is his purpose for us, and um, that we can also use that to shape our kids and to shape their hearts. Because as parents, really, it's what's caught, not always what's taught. I mean, it's both important, but really, they're watching us, and we can be that great example to them of having that servant heart and showing the grace and love for them, and then, you know, letting God transform their hearts and, you know, going out and being... Um, servants and growing Christ's kingdom. Yeah, and what I appreciated about what we were sharing, even now you hit it, but was that you want to, it's not just to do it, but you want to do it joyfully. Yeah. And the Lord's doing that. Yeah, and it's, yeah, just if you can have that heart and mindset, it, it makes everything different. And you can really, yeah, motherhood is such a blessing, and you don't want to miss out. I don't want to just get through the day. I want to enjoy it, even those hard moments, those tiring moments, but just to, yeah, savor those. Yeah. Thank you. Janelle. Um, so I picked a couple of verses, you know, and I think just like in life, in our different seasons of parenting, God presents different scriptures that are applicable at different times in our life. Um, Christian and I, when we had Reagan, we had our first, and then we miscarried between her and then had our second, and then we miscarried between our, thir- our second and third, and that miscarriage was at 16 weeks, so it was a late miscarriage, and I had to go in um, and have a procedure done, and it was... Um, it was hard, um, but it's it's one of those things God has used to really show me what a blessing our children are. Um, they they are such a gift from God, and He gives them to us to care for. They're not ours; they're His, um, and He asks that we point them to Him. Um, so this first scripture I picked was is from Deuteronomy chapter six. Um, These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand, and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, This, to me, is the perfect scripture that God is very clearly laying out to us as parents, that it's our job to point our kids and everything we do to him are the spiritual transfer or the spiritual um, development of our children, that faith transmission, it's not a purchase. It's an investment that he asks us to make. With a purchase, we receive something in return, something we expect. With an investment, you pour in, you have a desired outcome, but you're not guaranteed that outcome. And it's something he has asked us to do. In our house, we really try and cultivate 
this Deuteronomy 6 culture. We try and point our kids to Jesus at every possible moment, right, um, throughout the day. It's when we're sitting, when we're walking, when we're talking, when we're driving, whatever we're engaging with the world, it's what does the Bible say about that? What's the biblical perspective on that? What does God say about that? Um, we don't want to be just dinner table Christians where we sit at the dinner table, we pray, we talk about God, and then we leave that at the table. We want to cultivate that in our children's lives. Um, he, he asks us to do that. And so that kind of leads me to my second verse um, that I picked. And it's 3 John 4. And that verse says, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Uh, our goal, my goal as a mom, our goal as parents is to develop children with a resilient faith, to grow them with a resilient faith. Uh, society right now is really encouraging everyone to have their own truth. Um, what's true for you, you know, there's no objective truth. There is an objective truth, and it's God, and it's his word, and it's his truth. And it's our job as parents to instill that in our children so they can engage in this world and be bold disciples for him with a resilient faith. Um, so those were the two verses I picked for this season of life. So something that stuck out to me on Tuesday night, mm -hmm. I don't know if you said this or someone said, it's like God would say to us, I've given them to you, point them to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that you? Was yeah. It? yeah, 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 I can't remember how I said it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, God has gifted them to us, and at every turn, we should be pointing them to him. We should seize every single opportunity, um, and I think I'll share a little bit in the encouragement. Don't get discouraged if you're not doing that, because we've definitely had our A game for little glimpses um, with discipling our children, but it's... <laughs> We live in a fallen world, and we're busy, and um, the enemy doesn't want us to be successful with that faith transmission to our children. So it's, it's a continued work. Yeah, what struck me on that was point them. Point them. Absolutely, point, point them. them right? Yes, and, and engage. You know, one of, um, you talk about having fun with our children, right? Being present, having that eye to eye. There are so many opportunities. Um, you know, one of, I think we have an apologetics book at home for littles, and in the back, it's the, the topic of the book is creator of the world. Like if something has a beginning, it has a creator. And in the back of the book, there's this hands-on application to make chocolate chip cookies. What a great excuse to make chocolate chip cookies. We talk about that a lot, right? Um, so it doesn't have to be this structured, okay, you guys, we're sitting down, we're talking about God. It's weaving that into everything we do as parents to point them to God. Thank you. Yeah. Kathy. Yes. <laughs> You're up. Okay. Well, I have some favorite scriptures here. I was a single parent for a long time, as Kevin pointed out. And there were a couple of them that were just a, a great strength to me that I actually thought about on a regular basis. The first one would be... Um, Isaiah um, 54, 5, for your maker is your husband. And then um, Hosea. Hosea 2, um, 13 through 15. But me she forgot, said the Lord. And he's talking to Habakkuk's wife, the, um, the woman who would always go back to prostitution. Um, Therefore, behold, I will bring her, I will allure her and bring her into the um, wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there from the, and 
the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, and is in, um, and in the days she came up from the land of Egypt. This was a um, such a strength to me. When you're a single parent, there's always way more done to do than you can get done. And as you're doing it, there's more things piling up behind that. Um, it was exhausting <laughs> at times. And uh, the only way you can get through it is with God. Parenting wasn't designed for one person. It was designed for two. And when you're a single parent, it's critical. God needs to be in the center of every family, but especially for a single family, single parent family. Um, there were times where I just didn't have any energy left. I didn't have much nice left. And um, I would have to um, picture Jesus before me and... Um, with him there, do the next thing, get the dishes done, try not to yell at the children because they left the house a mess while I was coming home from work, um, helping with the homework when I just didn't have enough brain power to even think through the next thought. And But like as in the days of first love, you always have tons of energy. You could stay up all night doing something and then go to work tomorrow and then continue on. So Jesus needed to be that strength for me. And I would, um, like I said, I would literally picture him before me as I'm starting the next load of laundry before I have to do dinner and then homework and then baths and prayers. And he, he was um, the great, great source of energy. And, and I would encourage any, any mom in any circumstances, this is a great way to live. And... But as a single parent, there's a sense of shame that comes with it. You feel like you're not measuring up. You're depressed about all the marks that you're missing. You're unhappy that, um, that your time with your children is just a smidgen. It, it's not deep time because when, you, when they get home from school, there's 17 things that have to happen before everyone goes to bed. But God fills up those places and he fills us up. As it said here, um, she forgot me, said the Lord. What that's referring to is a woman who ran after other things. And as single moms, a lot of times we just want to check out. We just want to turn on social media. You want to have a glass of wine. You want to go out in the backyard and just be by yourself for 10 minutes. Um, we need to check into God. We need to check in to Jesus rather than check out. That's the only way that we will grow stronger in the midst of a challenging situation. And this is God's heart towards a single mom. It's beautiful. Therefore, I will allure her. I've read this a thousand times, and it makes my eyes water up. Therefore, I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness. I will speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as, as in the days when she came up from Egypt. He loves you. He's trying to woo you into that place where he can comfort you. He doesn't see what you feel. 
He sees that you are beloved. He sees that he can be your source of strength. He can be all that you need. He wants to speak comfort to you. He has a vineyard for you there, a place where you can fill up, where you can take in all of him. If you're standing in a vineyard, you'd never be thirsty or starving to death. And he wants to place you in that place. The Valley of Achor is a door of hope. The Valley of Achor was always, it was called um, by the old, the ancient Hebrews, it was called the Valley of Trouble, and it was a dark and gloomy place. But he's saying he's going to lure her to that place, and it's going to be a door of hope. When we go there with him to those troubled places, he will teach us to sing there as when we first met him. As in the day when she came up from Egypt, when we came out of our trouble, we, he will restore our youth. Um, do you remember the moment you met Jesus, how excited you were? I mean, I was trying to witness to people outside of the grocery store, and I am not that girl. It was an amazing, exciting time, and he wants to bring you back to that place. Thank you. In raising my children, the scripture that was my go-to was um, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the ways they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And that, when times were tough, when I was frustrated and tired, I could go to that scripture and think, you know, God, it's in your strength. It's not in mine. It's what you've called me to do. It's what my assignment is in this world for this time. And as a mom, a grandma, a great-grandma, we can impart to our children and our grands things only we can give because of our life experiences. It takes boldness and courage to be a mom. As we fight against principalities and powers, worldviews, um, things taught in school that go against our principles and the word of God. These children belong to God. He only loaned them to us for a few short years um, so that we could love them and train them up for him. So we need to be very bold and very courageous in the assignment that God has given us. As we complete the task set before us, you are not alone. God will lead you. And there are many moms and grandmas who are, will encourage you. And I think as a mom, one of my biggest things was trying to stay in the um, presence and in the immediate need of my children because I was always busy. I ran on busy. And I would be doing things while they would be talking to me. Well, tell me what's going on while I fold the laundry. Tell me what's happening while I fix dinner. And my youngest son would call me up short. He'd say, Mrs. Ward, I'm talking to you. <laughs> and that would get my attention here and now. So I just, uh, when I got grandchildren, I got a new scripture because three or four of them were a little testy. <laughs> Swallow that mic, Kathy. <laughs> Okay, so my new scripture was um, Proverbs eleven twenty one. It says, 
Though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished, but the posterity of the righteous will be delivered, or the seed of the righteous. And these children are the seed of the righteous, not my righteousness or yours, but the righteousness of Jesus in us. And if God's word says they will be delivered, we may not know when, but they will be delivered because his word is always truth. Thank you. And so yesterday at our prayer meeting, I didn't know the things that Kathy was going to be sharing, but she prayed, and we went around a little bit and prayed for our children yesterday at the hour of prayer, but uh, Kathy prayed a prayer about um, what, what, boldness and having boldness and courage. <laughs> boldness and courage, because it does as take... As moms. As moms, we have to be very courageous to stand up for the word of God and for righteousness, and to be bold in that stand. No matter who we confront, if we're standing on God's word, he'll be there. Yeah, and so what happened in the prayer meeting when Kathy prayed, I really felt very strongly that, that was a, a, a word of, call it a prophetic word, whatever you want to call it. But I think the Lord wants to say that to all you moms. Be courageous, be bold with your, with your mommyhood. Do it, right? Kathy, that's your prayer on that. That was what you were praying yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Emily, why don't you, let's turn a corner here, and how would you encourage um, the moms? Okay, well, I just want to thank these moms. I've been so encouraged just hearing your words of encouragement. But um, I think for me, just reminding moms that you cannot do it alone, you weren't designed to do it alone, that God is with you, and he really wants you to go to him and um, to make that a priority in your life, just spending time with him and being renewed by him, um, and also just having fellowship with other moms is so important. I think for me, that's just helped me to um, just grow and to feel reassured that this, you know, we are going to have struggles, we are going to be challenged and that we, you know, we need each other's encouragement and prayers. And um, so that's been really powerful for me. So I encourage you um, in some way, whether it's just with friends or joining a group, just um, make sure you encourage one another and um, spend time with the Lord and, and just know that you're not perfect. And that's, you know, but God's not done with you. He's working on you. And um, what a blessing it is to have children and to just really um, just enjoy that time with them and Go to God, and He will He'll bless you, and He'll help you on the journey. Uh, I think I have a couple a couple areas of encouragement. You know, uh, one is I absolutely echo, and I think all the ladies are saying it: spend time with God. Uh, we can't impart to our children what we don't have ourselves. So if our relationship uh, with the Lord is lacking, then we can't give that to them. Um, I think I I don't know who said it someone smart and quippy, um, live your life as a missionary and allow your children to see you do it. Um, they have to see us living out our faith. Uh, I, I would encourage moms and dads to not autopilot your discipleship. Our discipleship is our primary responsibility with our children. Um, when we autopilot or put it on cruise control, uh, our faith starts to look like a piece of furniture. It sits there in a room. Um, the kid's no, it's there, but they don't really know the purpose for it. And if it's gone, they don't notice. Um, so be intentional. Um, with that said, 
seasons of life can get super busy, and so we can't be intentional all the time, unfortunately. Um, so each day is a new day. It's a new opportunity to reignite that focus of discipleship in our children. Pick one thing. Pick one thing to focus on. Um, and, and then just pray. You know, the Lord has given us these blessings of children. We need to pray and make that investment, and then he's the one that's going to transform their lives, not us. We'll be a tool, but he is the one that does that work. So when you say focus on one thing, what would, mm-hmm. what would be an uh, example of that? Um, I think it can be anything intentional, too. And I, th- I think the, the foundational groundwork, you know, we love supplemental material and books in our, in our, in our house, but God's word is the grounding foundation. Prayer, time with God, those are the ultimate focuses. Um, if we don't spend time in God's word, we don't know his truths. We don't know what he says about things. Um, so praying with our kids, you know. Um, we, I, I love intentional activities, but driving in the car is one of my favorite times with my kids because I have a captive audience. And the world around us is full of opportunities to discuss um, the coexist bumper sticker on the car in front of you. What does that say? How does that compare to a Christian worldview? I mean, there's so many opportunities. As as you start to engage, I guarantee you'll enjoy it, and you'll be able to spot more opportunities to engage. And um, our kids, they loved the, they're kind of past it, but the objective versus subjective truth game. teaching them what objective truth is and what subjective truth is, and then letting them have that opportunity to try and trick each other. Um, that was one of their far- favorite car games when they, were, when they were little. But, yeah, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, so what flashed on me in, in, with our kids, we had six, in the car was trying to keep them awake until we got them home. Wow. <laughs> My kids are always awake. I don't know. So we got to do that with our Anyway, yeah. so one more yeah. thought, question. As far as spending time with God, that, that is such a moving target, yeah. for, and particularly when you have children, right? So what does that look like in your, in your um, this trying, season, to, trying to do that? Yeah, this season is kind of nice because the kids are all a little bit older. Um, but I, my alarm goes off at 4 every morning, um, and I get my time with God and my coffee. And then I have my coffee and my time with God before my kids get up. But... Um, there were seasons where you were up every hour in the middle of the night and maybe my time with God was with a child on my lap or maybe it was only five minutes, but it's that intentionality um, to be fed and to spend time with God, whatever that looks like. Yeah, um, like Janelle, I don't get up at 4 a.m., but I try to get up before my kids, but some days it doesn't happen. Um, so we tried, I try to spend time with them when they're eating breakfast. We do um, we read through the Bible together and we talk about it. So even if I'm not doing my own individual, I try to spend time with them. Sometimes it's sloppy. Sometimes there's interruptions. But um, I feel like God knows my heart. He knows our hearts to serve him and to get to know him. And um, sometimes we listen to the Bible app, like in the car or just when I'm fixing meals. You know, So I try to find ways to get it in. I know our time is limited. And um, I also, I forgot to mention, I, just, I also encourage moms to pray with your kids um, sometimes I feel frustrated with my kids or I feel like I don't, I don't know what to do. It's not working. And just sitting down with them and praying with them and asking for God's help in that situation has been really powerful. Huge, so yeah. taking advantage of just, you know, not just doing it alone in the quiet, but with them and teaching them to pray and that we need him. So Charlotte, uh, I'll ask you again, as I did first, 
somewhat spontaneously for you with uh, spending time with the Lord. You grew up in a pretty, a somewhat legalistic home. And so you spend time with God at, I think, four in the morning is a good time. Um, <laughs> so what you, kind of maybe you share a little bit of what you went through as far as personally with the Lord concerning devotions. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty much a rule follower, and so, um, and I didn't get married till I was almost 36, so I had a pretty structured... That's when Prince Charming came along, yes. right? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I had a pretty structured life, and I was pretty much in control of it, and uh, then I had kids, and my well-structured life kind of spun out of control. And so, um, yeah, before that, I always had my devotions in the morning. And your mom and dad also were very, very regular in doing Yes, that. yeah. You had that example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, I would, I was at the point where, well, I mean, I would feel guilty if I didn't, basically. And um, so, at one point in my life, I realized, which, you know, may be obvious to some people, but that God loved me whether I had my devotions or not. And that was such a freeing thing for me to be able to know that, you know, it wasn't dependent on me, basically, that the love of Jesus is just there and he wants to spend time with me. And so, you know, throughout my raising children, my devotional times were all over the place sometimes. Well, I have to say, I tried to start it in the morning when I first had kids, but then they would wake up kids. early. Yeah, when we had two kids. They would wake up early. And I am not a morning person. I did not want to see them that early in the morning. And so I, I don't know. I was quiet. I don't, they could just hear me breathing or something. I don't know. But, uh, and they'd get up. Yeah. And then I couldn't have my devotions anyway. And so then I'd just be frustrated. <laughs> so I just had devotions whenever I could. And I, that's what I just want to encourage you to do. God loves you. He wants to spend time with you. It's not like uh, it doesn't have to. He, he's not on a time schedule. Whenever you have a moment, just spend time with God and let him minister to you and encourage your heart. So, you know, sometimes it was at nap time. Sometimes, like she said, it was 3 in the morning when I was up. Sometimes, you know, it just was all over the place. But just do it. That's yeah, my encouragement. You also say, said, and have said, it's not for God's sake, it's for yours. Yeah, that's right. God. You know, it's our, our time with the Lord is for us. It's not for him. I mean, he wants to spend time with us, but it doesn't add anything to him. It just contributes to us. So, Kathy. About the devotions or no, just, the encouragement? No, yeah, just encouragement, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, um, my encouragement to you single moms is, first of all, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that no matter how you feel about yourself, God is in love with you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to listen to what the world has to say about who you are. You don't have to even listen to who you say you are. I was um, learning to drive on the opposite side of the road, what I like to call the wrong side of the road, when I first moved to Cyprus, and I was having a hard time with it. I felt like every car coming down the road was going to hit me. It was just awful. 
and one day I'd gone about around a roundabout the wrong way, and thankfully there were no cars there, but my first response was, ah, oh, you're so stupid, you're never going to get this, and immediately had a check in my spirit, and God was telling me to listen only to what he says, says about me. So moms, listen to who God says you are, not what your self-talk says, not what the world says. God knows you inside and out. He knows who you are. Listen to him on that. And then the next thing I would say is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are designed to raise these children. You are a multitasker. Women can multitask on a level that men can only hope to multitask on, or maybe they don't hope to. Um, you're created soft for hugs, to pull people in and give a healing hug. You have the, you're a barometer. You have the ability to measure the atmosphere in your home. You know when something's off, probably before anybody else, well before anybody else in that family. And you're perceptive. You know what each child needs and when they need it. You know when this child needs a hug or a gentle hand and when that child needs a stronger measure. So trust who God has created you to be. Work in that. You will be, um, you will be an amazing mom when you do it the way he calls you to do it. And it's so much easier than what we try to do. And then, so with that goes the whole comparing thing. Not comparing yourself with others? Yes. Do not compare yourself with others, especially um, families where the mom and dad are still together. It, it's a different kind of family. Your extra person in that family is Jesus Christ, and you rely on him even though he's not mowing the lawn for you. He is there for you in a way that nobody else can be there. You are not... A, a less of a family, you are not diminished. Yes, you have more work, more challenges, more struggles, but God will be there for you in every single one of those. Thank you. Kathy. I think that the biggest thing, absolutely, is your love relationship with Jesus. We have to have that in our lives. We have to seek him first and know his word. We can't give it out if we don't know it. And um, times change as the seasons in our life change. And I agreed with Charlotte. You might have a set time and you do this and this. It all goes out the window when you have children. And you become a person of prayer whenever you can grab it, whether it's doing dishes, cooking, doing laundry, in your car, in your shower, with your children, it, you have times when you can grab times of prayer through the whole day, and you live in those times. That's your strength, and that's the encouragement you need. And um, it's not always easy. It's not always easy. We don't always make the right decision, but we make the best decision we can with the knowledge we have at the time. And as the parent, we have the option of changing that if it turns out not to be right. And God will lead us and guide us. And we don't always know what's going on with our children. But I personally found out that if I didn't know something going on or I knew there was something amiss, 
if I took it to prayer, God would put it into my heart. And I would go to that child and I'd say, God just kind of showed me this and this. And their eyes would open and they'd look at me. How do you know that? And I said, God showed it to me. And then we could pray about it. We could take action. And your children need to know that you love them unconditionally. They can do things that will please you. They can do things that might disappoint you. But the love is a given. It's always there for them. And that's how it is with God and us. You know, we might disappoint the Father's heart from time to time. Not intentionally, but we do. And we might please him. But his love is a given in our lives. And it's such a comfort to know that we can go to his word, which is the roadmap for our life. Nothing is unanswered in that word. And it'll show us the direction we need to go. So... Thank you. So I've asked each of them to pray. So would you bow your hearts with us and let's pray for Emily. You can begin. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just want to thank you, God, for all the moms um, at CCS. Um, I just, what a blessing it is to be a mother. And we just thank you that you've entrusted each of these moms to raise your children. Um, and we know that children are a gift for you. Uh, we just pray, God, for your strength for these moms and perseverance and wisdom. Um, Lord, we pray that the same love and grace that you pour on us, that um, as moms we can then, that love and grace can flow onto our children. Lord, let us just seek you um, on the hard days, on the good days. Just help us to be in prayer and seeking you for your help. Um, help us to have a joyful servant heart in all that we do, and um, just that we can bring you glory. And we pray for those moms today out there, that they can just feel your love and that you'll wrap your arms around them and encourage them and just help them to go out and um, just to do your will. And um, we just pray that they'll feel honored and loved today and be with them. We ask this all in your name. We pray. Amen. Janelle. Father God, I just lift up all, all the parents in this room, Lord, moms, dads, um, anyone that's actually working with children, Lord, I lift up to you today. You you have blessed us abundantly with, with these little lives, Lord, and I just ask that you help us keep the focus on you, Lord, help us equip them to engage with this world and to be bold disciples for you, Lord, help us to grow and to spend time with you so that we can impart to our children your truths. Um, your word, and and just allow them to be vessels for you, Lord. I also ask that you just, God, for those of us that, that are discouraged or just feel like we're not doing enough or, or are comparing ourselves to others, Lord, just reiterate to us who we are in you yes. and that each day is new, Lord, that, that we can point our children to you each yes. day to, to refresh each day so that we can have a focus on you for these little children. Yes. Um, I also ask God that as a church that you equip our church body to uh, be bold in your truth, Lord, in this world um, that is wavering and that challenges the truths of Christianity and your word, Lord, I just ask that you keep our body in your word, in your truths, so that we can impart that to the children in, in our sphere yes, of influence, Lord. Kathy. Lord, I just ask for the um, 
for the families, for the single parent families, especially out there. Show them how unique they are, that you've knitted them together as a unit. We pray for the moms to reinforce that, to tell their children, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is why God put us together. This is why we are a special, unique family. We pray for blessings upon them, that they, um, that their time that they spend with you and with each other would be something like a beautiful fragrance that they can carry out to the rest of the world, that they can be proud of walking with you, of being a family together the way you've called them to be. Yes, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for every mother here. I pray that your hand would be upon them to lead them and guide them as they train up these children in the way they should go. Lord, we don't always do it right, but you do it right, and we look to you for guidance. I thank you, O oh Lord God, that today is the day that we get to especially honor the moms they don't always get the honor and recognition they deserve for the 24-7 day they put in, because that's what it is. Day and night, they're on call, and they don't get time off for good behavior, time off <laughs> for anything else as a rule, but you're there for them. Thank you, Jesus, that you look out for them. Thank you that you lead them. Thank you that you're always there, and they can always call upon you and you answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we want to close. If you would stand together.